Welcome to episode 71 of the Left Behind Game Club. This week, we play Doom 2016. You can find the Left Behind Game Club on all major social media platforms, on Twitter at Left Behind Club, on Instagram at Left Behind Game Club, and you can join our Discord server at leftbehindgame.club, and there's a big old button on the front page. On this episode, we are playing Doom 2016. Mike, we finally played a video game where Mo can live out all of his childish fantasies. Are they fantasies? Uh, Are they really? I, if they're not fantasies, I don't want to know. Yo, 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 finally a gun game. No walking simulators here, folks. We blast in aliens all day. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into it. You're listening to the Left Behind Game Club. Welcome to the Left Behind Game Club, our never-ending attempt to make sure that no game is left behind. I'm your host, Jacob McCourt, and today I have two friends with me. The first friend, you know him, you love him, his name is Michael Ruffalo. I'm excited to talk about a great game. And here to talk about a great game with us is our second friend. He is the king of guns himself, Mr. Mohamed Murtadi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys, it's time. We've gotten rid of all these walking simulators. It's time to take down some demons. Based on that intro, I'm ki- I'm kind of surprised that Mo didn't go into like the arms running trade. You know, <laughs> I think I have to be Russian to do that, and I lack uh, the. True. I lack there was the a strength. moment. There was a moment. No, there no where... one would expect the Canadian, though, right? It's like the best. Cover. You're right. It could be like a mule. Yeah, there was a moment there where. We didn't think you were going to be able to record, Mo, and I think Mike sent a message in the Discord saying, like, no, this is a game for you. You absolutely have to be here and cannot skip, so we're glad to have you. Yeah, I think for everyone that's listening, I had some technical issues, so we've tried to fight our way, and I think we have a solution now to keep me on this this particular uh, episode. So thanks for accommodating, guys. Glad to be here. Hey, no problem. We are here to talk today about Doom 2016, uh, developed by id Software, published by Bethesda Softworks slash ZeniMax Media. Uh, it was released on Windows, PS4, Xbox One on May 13th of 2016, and Nintendo Switch on November 10th of 2017. Gentlemen, for those who might not know what Doom is, what is Doom? Um, I, I might want, want to chime in here. In the simplest way possible... I feel like it's the quintessential, perfect, amazing first-person run-and-gun, your invincible shooting video game where you're taking down demons, uh, the stereotypical bad thing in the world, and you're almost invincible in terms of ammo collection, in terms of strength, in terms of speed, very superhuman-esque, and I feel like it's the foundation on which other first-person shooters try to build themselves off of. Very much agree. You know, one of the the very first uh, shooting games, Um, you know, a classic, the original Doom being a classic, and uh, clearly a big inspiration for for all shooters that followed. Yeah, and for for those of you who might not know, uh, Doom, the original Doom was released in 1993 on, you know, on older platforms, so like on DOS back in the day. Uh, there was a Doom 2 released in 94, and then we got Doom 3 in 2004, um, which came out on like Windows, the original Xbox, and was actually just re-released on Switch and PS4, Xbox One, iOS, Android uh, a few months back. So it's a game that's been around for a long time. What is your experience with the series, gentlemen? Um, I think I, I want to say I played Doom 3. Perhaps on a, a PC, um, early 2000 ish, and I'm surprised just because like I usually would stray away from like the scary jump bad guy type of video games. But that was when the first time I kind of discovered the cheat code life, where you're able to kind of add <laughs> invincibility and like God mode. And I think if I remember correctly, that's what kept me playing Doom Three and kept me beating it was because of that. That's all I really know is a shooter game that everyone kind of raves about, and I'm glad I actually was able to play it because it's pretty enjoyable this time around mike what's your experience i i played the original doom uh when i was a kid on pc and uh, i played uh just a a very short 
uh, memorable amount of Doom 3 with, uh, you know, I think the only things I take away from it uh, were flashlights and monster closets. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, it, you know, I saw Doom 2016 be announced and I remember it having a positive, um, you know, reviews and response when it was released. Uh, but I never got around to playing it until now, and I'm I'm really glad, you know, we made it a point to play it on the pod. Yeah, and I guess I'm kind of the same as you, Mike. I I played it on PC like very short, very long time ago, and then played a little bit of Doom Three on the original Xbox. Um, I was very jealous of the PC players because they could get the like duct tape mod, which duct taped a flashlight onto your gun, which wasn't originally in the game. You had the Hello Kitty mod that you could add to. There's a lot of different mods. Um, but I've wanted to play this game almost since we started the podcast um, because it is, from what I'm told, just like a classic, classic, fun game. And I would tend to agree with anyone who had that uh, had that sentiment. Before uh, I ask you guys about how you played it, um, did you kind of know the men behind the game? John Carmack, John Romero. Are those two names that you recognize? Who, who doesn't, honestly? John Carmack, uh, a genius, um, a, a guy who his intellect is unmatched, um, a guy who hot rods Ferraris in his spare time, um, you know, creates his own aerospace company when he's bored. Uh, he is amazing. And then who also does not remember John Romero's uh, amazing hair? I have uh, an idea. I think <laughs> I know someone who doesn't know. I don't know. When you mentioned them, I kind of was looking around, hoping I was with you guys recording, because I have no idea who they are. And I, I'm a, based off of Michael's rave review of them, I'm assuming they're very well, guy, well, well intelligent, smart, funny, and everything people. And I'm, I'm assuming there were a major... Im- influencer in this game and i'm glad they exist because they brought us doom yeah i think they were what like a two-man team that built it yeah wow. i think it was a three-man team three-man team yeah and then i mean not to i know i i said some of john carmack's accomplishments but i think we should also add that he was one of the original like pioneers in vr uh and figuring out how to make it so that way people don't throw up when they look at it and cool how to bring it to market um he's yeah one of those amazing amazing guys just yeah. to hear him talk and he's now a cto at, at oculus facebook now um and if you want a fun video and i'm sure mike you've seen this video but i remember when he was going around to e3 and i don't think he was actually officially with oculus yet and he was just like bringing people into like a curtained off area at e3 and was just like showing them his new prototype vr when he was super excited about it there's a great video i think it's a giant bomb video where he takes brad shoemaker in to like play with vr back in like like 2012 uh and it's it's a really fun watch uh the third name uh, is tom hall um and again he he was the third guy on it so that's what we know about doom about romero about carmack about hall um how did you guys play doom 2016 i was on mouse and keyboard on steam um playing it that way i wish i had my xbox elite controller because i feel like the rumble would have been incredible um, luckily, the sound kind of compensated for it, and that's how I played. Mike? I played on my Xbox One uh, with my Elite controller. Oh, jelly. Um, and and had, uh, had a really great time. Jacob, what about you? I played it on the uh, Xbox One as well, on Game Pass. Um, I had a sealed copy. <laughs> I'm pulling another Jacob here, but I had a sealed copy on PS4 that I didn't use um, because I played it on Game Pass instead, so... Maybe getting rid of that sealed copy, but uh, I played it just on the regular Xbox One controller and and had a great time with it. So uh, we've talked about the guys behind it. We've talked about what Doom is, what our history is. What does Doom play like? Um, I, th- you know what, I I watched a review on Doom and I think the wording of the the review, co- this one review comment explained it really well. They said this isn't a first person shooter where you're like where you have to survive waves of demons. It's a first person shooter where the demons have to try and survive you. So you're essentially, <laughs> you're a super fat. Yeah. It's essentially covers it. You're essentially a super, not a super powered, but you have that very quick agile, like movement compared to like some of the realistic first person shooters. Um, you're running around, pick finding weapons, upgrading weapons, and just unleashing everything that you have to take down demons and there's different there's boss battles there's sorry like sorry I should say there's those traditional boss battles where you fight big giant 
overpowered like monsters who have different types of ways of attacking you and you have the very traditional health bar right in the center that kind of brings them down it's as if you looked up like a in a textbook the definition of a first person shooter game i feel like there has to be a reference to doom to kind of articulate what a first person shooter game is that's how i would kind of describe what it is yeah uh you know i would say doom plays like um the ultimate power fantasy you are a <laughs> mythical marine in uh space slash hell um and everything is afraid of you like if you touch any of the lore stones they talk about how the the you know the only thing that's left in your wake is death and destruction of the most fearsome demons um on hell and earth um and how you know the prophecy foretells of you coming back and just obliterating them all um and it, you know there's there, the the only thing that can stand up to you are some of the you know biggest demons that take you know a, a billion rockets to take down and even then uh you know once you get to the game you realize not even they stand a chance so it's uh it's it's a huge power fantasy um and it makes you feel you know incredible not only in terms of its speed but like the effects of of your actions uh on hell yeah, and, and I think that like when the designers talk about the game, they, they really talk about like two factors, the combat chess and kind of the idea of push forward combat. And I don't think I've ever experienced a game like Doom uh, from a first person shooter perspective. Now, I'm not someone who plays, you know, more than two or three first person shooters a year, but I've never felt as powerful and like nothing can screw with me as I kind of did in this game. Uh, and the combat chess element is all the different types of demons and how they move and how much health they have and how you can take them down. Um, it's it's really fantastic. Uh, I, I, I've not played a game like this in a very long time. Plus, glory kills kind of fit into this as well, right? Yeah. I, you know, I think one of the things that is that, that playing this game made me realize is just how much Halo plays a lot like Doom and how much uh, Halo owes Doom in terms of inspiration. Um, because Halo is very much in that same vein of combat chess um, and also very much about continuing to push forward and having these you know, isolated little arenas where you're having battles and then moving on to the next. I, th- I think one of the coolest things about it in, that gives you that power trip is just the that f- the finishing glow essentially of the bad guys when you're able to kind of execute them after you've kind of unleashed your round of choice within them. I don't know about you guys, but that I don't think that really got old. I might have stopped using it every once in a while, but like near the end, seeing the different ways you can finish someone just added that cherry on top of that Sunday in terms of this this game's first person shooter excellence, I guess. Um, no, I, I, glory kills never got old to me. Yeah, oh, really. I got so bored of glory kills. I I had a, I went through a phase, Mike, where I was kind of the same way, where I stopped. Um, but I, I always went back to it just to kind of make it a convenience. My, did you see the different types too? My favorite element is essentially how, no matter what way you're facing them, there is a glory kill of a unique perspective. Like if you were jumping on someone, you can kind of kick their head down and rip their head off. If you're behind them, rip their jaw. Like it was just the the, the different types of executions really made this game kind of worth the time i i did uh i did glory kills quite frequently because it was a great way to replenish your health and ammo and shield and all of that um and also just a quicker way to to deal and dispatch these demons um but i felt like you know the majority of my glory kills were all done from the same angle um and just you know the animations got pretty pretty rote i think uh, a little boring Right, and and I guess for me it was like I I guess I ignored the repetitiveness of the actual glory kills themselves, just because it was a such a a central part of the actual gameplay. Like to me, it was as as essential as firing a gun. Right, if you're not firing a gun, if you're not doing glory kills, you're not playing the game correctly. And although you said Mo, there's four or five different types, it it can get a little bit old and a little bit rote as you kind of approach oh, the yeah. end of the game. But it was essential and like I wouldn't remove it for anything. And you were incentivized yeah. to do different types through the challenges in the game. So what one of the questions I have for you guys is what difficulty did you play on? Because this this will impact I think a lot of whether oh. you you did the glory kills or not. Yeah, I, I was on easy. I was 
Here, let me you let me go through the "I'm too young to die" or "Hey, not too rough." Hey, not too rough. That's still I consider hey, it, not too rough. Okay. I still consider it. Yeah, easy. that is the easy mode. Yeah, yeah. I played it on Hurt Me Plenty, which oh is, my gosh, uh, in 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 the source code it just says medium. So I figured that was like the what you're supposed to play it on. Guess how I played it, guys. <laughs> you played it on on I'm too young to die for sure. I played it on Hurt Me Plenty as well. Oh, get out of here! Wow, bravo, Ooh. Jacob. This is a bravo. first. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm graduating from Softboy Academy. <laughs> so if you play it on, um, hey, not too rough. It will give you the least number of strengths when it comes to like the types of enemies. Um, and it'll give you the normal type of ammo. Uh, and if you play it on Hurt Me Plenty, it'll give you like the default, the normal amount of strength in terms of, you know, the enemies that it throws at you. Um, and again, like normal amount of ammo. But if you play it on Nightmare or if you play it on I'm Too Young to Die, the two extremes in terms of difficulty, it doubles the ammo that you get. So I, I can see in both of those why you might not do any of the glory kills. Uh, oh. Because I, I found, at least myself, ammo was one of those things that was just annoying earlier on. Yeah. Well, you because know, what? you I, couldn't find enough. I I just couldn't find enough. I was, you know, you find the couple of guns that are actually effective. Oh, like, okay. Who actually used the pistol after? Yeah. You know the the second level. I did. Um, you're a weirdo, Jacob. I, why? <laughs> Wait, sh- maybe we should jump into guns. Did you, Mike? Maybe did you only kind of fixate yourself towards like one or two weapons, or did you kind of cycle through everything? Um, that could also be I, why you might have ran out as well. Yeah, you know, I cycled out of necessity. Um, but yeah, I found the guns that are the most effective. Um, and obviously, you know, you you save some of the most effective guns for the biggest and baddest demons. Yeah. Um, but I think my go-to was the, the double barrel shotgun for sure. Um, for the vast majority of the game, huh. I think my other go-to was the like heavy machine gun, um, that shot both, uh, you know, little missiles and gave you a scope. Um, okay. The heavy assault rifle. No yeah. That one. And then, you know, you save the big bad guns like the rocket launcher or the Gauss cannon or the Gatling gun for any of the big guys that are coming at you that, you know, usually take a, a while to chip away at. Yeah, okay. So you, we, we kind of played it a little similar then in terms of cycling through. Um, did you did you guys have any particular favorite weapon? I think, Mikey, did you say the, the double barrel was your go-to? Double barrel with all of the upgrades, it was so powerful. Yeah. Um, like, so powerful. And I think there's a rune that you can get that allows you to uh, reload twice as fast. Oh. Um, and that just, I mean, like, the the one disadvantage of that double barrel is that, you know, there's there's some time between when you shoot and when you have to reload. So if yeah. you can do that twice as fast, it's, like, unreal. I found, though, you almost, you don't really need it because you're so mobile yourself. Like, you can jump around, move around, where the reload, yeah, is annoying, but... I didn't find it too bad. Jacob, what was your kind of go-to weapon? So it's funny because I guess I'm a weirdo um, because I <laughs> didn't use the super shotgun almost at all. I used the regular shotgun, I would say, 80% of the time. Yeah. Uh, and that's because I used the explosive shot, uh, like that the, grenade, the grenade launcher with it. Because yeah. you could use that. It would only cost you one ammo. So, like, apart from waiting for the explosive shot to recharge, you could use it as many times as you had ammunition. So, I was mm-hmm. using the shotgun. Um, usually to start encounters, like, the imp, so, like, the, the feeder enemy would come out. And, like, I got really good at charging the pistol and getting a headshot. So, oh. I would use that to, like, headshot imps really quickly to save my ammunition. Uh, and then I actually used um, the Gauss cannon a lot, the rocket launcher a lot, and the chain gun a lot. Oh, okay. So, yeah. I I did something I do with every single weapon game or like RPG style where you can upgrade weapons is as soon as I start getting weapons or before I start getting weapons, I look up online. What do I max out? What is the most overpowered? I never kind of feel it out in the <laughs> game. I always try because I've, I've, had, I've had those traps where I've kind of put all my eggs into one basket and realized, oh, I just upgraded the worst gun in the game kind of thing. So yeah, Mike, it's funny you mentioned that twin barrel because that was like mentioned several places where it's like twin barrels the best when you get it. Upgrade that like that's the best one. Um, so I used that a lot once I got it, and then the heavy machine gun with the rockets was my personal favorite, just because of the I don't know if it was the animations or the little rockets sprouting out from the side. It kind of looked the coolest, and I saved everything else for the 
the big bad guys because I feel like rocket launchers are in every game just always overpowered and you kind of always want to save them as much as you can. Same with the the Goss, which I called the railgun every single time. Is uh, is this a good place to kind of talk about the, the weapon upgrade system, the weapon mods you can get, um, sure. as well as kind of the limited use weapons? Uh, yeah, I think, like the chainsaw and stuff. Yeah, so, so in the game you can collect um, these, like weapon mods and you actually have to go in the environment and find these like little robots that have an upgrade pack uh i i only found about seven of them and i guess you can find like 14 or 15 of them to get all of the upgrades um but essentially you're set down kind of two paths on most weapons where you have to choose between either a scope or a missile or you have to charge between a remote detonator and a lock-on burst so i got one upgrade for all guns and then two upgrades for another um what were some of the upgrades or the weapon mods rather that you guys went and used um i think for the the goss cannon the like zoom in charge scope um was one the other one i think the the mini rockets as well on the the heavy machine gun i think those are the only two that i can kind of like really say that i've used a lot everything else was more so not used yeah so in terms of the i think that's called equipment like the different upgrades to uh the guns Mm -hmm. um so i unlocked all of them and the ones that i used the most um, I, I think we're largely on the heavy assault rifle. I, I used both the scope and the the little barrage of rockets, uh, context depending. Um, and then I used uh, the turret for the the rail gu- the Gatling gun or the mini gun, the movable uh, turret or whatever. The three exactly. Oh yeah, yeah. I got the, yeah that one's wicked. Yeah, and then um, you know later in the game I found the value in that plasma rifle. Uh, the like shock ball that it shoots that freezes demons in place. Um, that was just super helpful. Even if you're just shooting that to stun them and then switching to another weapon to do your damage, um, in- incredibly powerful. Um, and then uh, lock on with the rocket launcher. I, yeah. I tend yep. to switch Amazing. switch around and and uh, play with a little bit of everything. Um, I think the one that I found the least usage on was the standard shotgun once I unlocked uh, the double shotgun. The the standard shotgun, even with the triple uh, triple burst um, or the explosive impact round, both of those just weren't as useful uh, use of ammo compared to, you know, it, just pulling out the double barrel. It's funny you mentioned that because, like, in those, like, reviews of, like, what's the best gun... They all mentioned, like, once you get the twin barrel, just ditch that single uh, pump-action shotgun because it's just not worth your time. And so funny. Like, you you figured that out naturally, Michael, and then Jacob <laughs> figured out the polar opposite. He's like, it's the best gun in the world. Yeah, <laughs> so well, I had, I, and I got both upgrades for that gun. So, like, I, yeah. I committed to that weapon, and now I'm almost thinking, and again, it's kind of why we. what's fun about these podcasts is seeing yeah. where we differ and where Jacob should probably learn to read some internet before he plays no, no, a game no, that, like Doom. I don't even think you should even <laughs> say that. I think it's more so like give kudos to the designers for creating a game where any like gamer can figure out their path and figure out a gun to use for their own like entertainment. Like right, you like that you know pop action, I, and yeah, Mike you know the, what I thought of. I thought of Ratchet and Clank and like the the weapon diversity. I know yes. like literally polar opposite games, but like I thought of the weapon upgrade paths and the satisfying nature of of playing that game for the weapons in yep. this game. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, and then beyond the weapons we talked about, there's the chainsaw and the BFG nine thousand. Um, oh right! What what great limited use weapons? <laughs> I. Um... So I, I use the chainsaw, um, I think not as much as I probably should have. I was continually running up against uh, additional like gas canisters to reload my ammo there. Um, and the same thing for the BFG. I didn't realize what the BFG ammo looked like for a long time oh. just because I didn't, I didn't know how to pull it out and use it. And then once I did, I just didn't use it enough. I... I you know, felt pretty good about my standard arsenal of weapons. Um, it was actually super embarrassing that I got the BFG and then switched weapons and could not figure out how to pull it back out and just <laughs> ended up playing through the game for, for a good chunk before I figured it out. Oh, man, because that weapon is so satisfying to use. Yeah, I, it but really is. But it's also, 
It is, but at the same time, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of the overpowered single shot anything dies kind of weapons most of the time. Like it's it's a nice novelty thing, but that kind of destroys the the gameplay. I think like it's a good it's a good to have, but I don't want to use it as like a primary. I'm mean, I'm glad the ammunition was hard to find for chain, and I never really use the chainsaw that much either, Mike. I'm on the same page as you. Yeah, and I would only use it when I was low on on ammunition, kind of like you guys probably would. Uh, and the BFG, like when I had a thousand demons in front of me, and yeah. I knew that they would just explode into bloody glory. Um, should we talk about bosses? Uh, yeah, let, let's talk about bosses. Unless you wanted to talk about um, the uh, the powers or the the runes before we did that. So I did pretty much every rune trial that I could find. Um. But I found that, like, as much as I think I unlocked all but two of the runes, um, I maybe only might have missed one. There was only three or four that I, I liked or that I thought were going to be useful in my, like, style of playthrough. Um, and I wish I could remember exactly what those were. But I just remember picking those, ending up completing the challenges that were associated with each, um, and then not really changing them for the majority of the game. Did, did you guys find the same thing? Yeah, I, I totally did. I, I only did four of the rune trials, uh, and that's because I, I guess I mainlined a little... I, I, I guess I didn't go out of my way to look for runes, so I ended up with the vacuum, the equipment power, the in-flight mobility, and uh, another one, but I ended up just using the vacuum and kind of the, um, the in-flight mobility so I could kind of control my jumps, and beyond that, like, they didn't... Uh, they didn't have much effect on my gameplay, but there are some I wish I had. Like, the ammo boost could give you a chance, once you got mastery, to get BFG ammo, which would be incredibly useful for this game. <laughs> that would be really helpful if I ever was low on BFG ammo. Right. <laughs> I, I I never, yeah, I rarely used it. I think I used it a couple of times near the end of the game where I was just overwhelmed uh, and swamped with, like, the Baron of Hell, uh, you know, running running down at me. Um, and having like a bunch of the mancubus like style enemies, both the green and the red ones, uh, shooting stuff, um, and that was really the the opportunity. I'm like, okay, well, it's time to it's time to clear out this arena a little bit. Let's make some space so I can go, you know, get some more ammo, get some health pickups, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I found that I ended up using it. What demons did you guys find uh, were, were most interesting? I really liked the pinkies. <laughs> is that, yeah, the is little that, rhinos. Yeah, and, and the design on them was so much different than Doom Three. I don't, I don't know if you you've seen the Doom Three pinkies, but they had like um, their their lower torsos were like robotic, um, whereas like really? these ones are fully fleshy, and like they were so annoying because they took so much to kill. They rush at you, but they were just kind of adorable. <laughs> Jacob and his demons from hell. Yeah, Pinky's yeah. so cute. <laughs> I, uh, what I found with all of them was that they had consistent weak spots. Um, like the head was always a weak spot, and then somewhere in their back was a weak spot. Um, and I found that with the double barrel shotgun, you could kill a Pinky in like two or three shots if you, you know, sidestep them like a bull when they ran into a wall and shot them in the back where their tail was. Mm. The the problem was though if if one of them kind of came in from behind you or out of your line of sight because sometimes you'd get rammed and like fly a couple feet and go what the heck Pinky <laughs> <laughs> no totally. I, I I didn't really care for any of the regular demons I kind of just was a huge fan of like the cyber demon the the first I guess <laughs> boss guy just because he was like half cyborg half demon cannon on one arm hook on the other it was a very like super mega i don't know i i like the animation yeah. i like the intro of him i liked everything he he just when, when he because we haven't really played a game with like boss battles i remember jacob you mentioning before like there's no more boss battles they're all kind of dead whereas like this one kind of had that stereotypical entrance to the arena this is the guy you're facing health bar shows up and it was very it was everything that a boss battle would be is in terms of a definition. That's that's why I liked him. What I liked is that for each new time that they introduced an enemy, uh, it felt like a sub boss battle where it wasn't like quite dedicated 
as as a, a boss battle in itself. But it was the first time you're exposed to them, and they are clearly the most fearsome thing in the arena, aside from you, of course. Um, and and so it's you know kind of figuring out what their attack patterns are, how do you deal with them, how much damage can they take, um, how do they behave, um, and then you just end up finding out that they're just part of the you know the low level of demons that they throw at you until you hit something like the cyber demon. Yeah, where, um, I know Mo, you almost definitely did not read any of the codex entries. On, <laughs> come on, these come demons. on now. But what do you say? But the the <laughs> I I okay. Look, I was giving you a little bit more credit than I should have. Yeah. Um, you definitely did not read any of these uh, entries. No. But if you read the entry on the cyber demon, it is so cool. It's like it's like reading about the Hulk, where it is like just pure rage. And the only the only thing they can do is keep it in suspended animation until they have greater technology to like calm it down wow, or control cool. it because nothing can stop it. Um, did you like the other bosses in the game? Because you know we talked about the cyber demon and how cool it was when you had that happen. The hell guards were the other were the second set of bosses, and then the spider mastermind. Uh, I, I think it's fair to say anything past this, we're probably going to start spoiling um, story and. S- you know things like that. So if you want to play the game and you care about the story, I don't think it's important. You may want to stop, but but agree or disagree with me, guys. It, the story really doesn't matter that much in this game, does it? Yeah. Mo, did, no. Mo, did you know there was a story in this game? No, there's like a general, more or less story. <laughs> but it, in a nutshell, in a nutshell, I feel like if I, someone asked me like what what is Doom 2016, I would say you're an indestructible force. You're trying to destroy every demon and do whatever the heck you wanted, and then at the end you get stabbed in the back. That's pretty much the the that's, story. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's yeah, a great so, cliff notes. Uh, yeah, I can I can try and build upon that and add a little bit of flesh. Feel free. Um, only because I think they do a really good job building a story around a, a franchise that is kind of not known for having anything, and they don't treat it too seriously, or uh, and they don't treat the story like it's something to be revered. Um, and they just do a really good job of it. And the, the concept is they uh, – someone on Mars unknowingly uh, brings you back um, as they've released a, a portal to hell. And what you find out is that humanity has been opening up portals to hell to try and tap into the unlimited Argent energy that's there. Uh, and they make this really calculated risk. And one of the scientists that was part of this – gets incredibly corrupted by it uh and another dr samuel hayden who as far as i can see is just a robot or an ai um ends up uh, you know guiding you through taking down this corrupt scientist uh and and closing all these portals to hell until you get to the very end where he says you know i've seen your motivations and you would just want to destroy every demon not just um you know, not just the demons we need to. And there's still a calculated risk that we have to make with these portals to hell. So uh, thank you for your service, but I'm going to send you back to hell for now uh, while we continue to try and make this work. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good that's a really good book report. Just just so you know, Samuel Hayden lost his his original body to brain cancer, and he was okay. now put in an android body. And that's something that's never wow. touched on from what I remember. But that's just what what Doctor Samuel Hayden is. I think that's really cool. Yeah, and it the indoctrination stuff from Mass Effect kind of comes in a little bit. Um, I, I I appreciated the the story and how simple it was but also like the game nodding at itself and going like yeah this story's really dumb but like we understand it's <laughs> dumb so we're gonna have fun with it like the first it's- thing that happens in the game is you you see like a a very wordy screen explaining things to you and your gu- your doom slayer literally just breaks it and he's just like uh i don't care bah! and that's that's how the game starts it was a hell of a way to start yeah, it's like it's it, a, absolutely. It's like they deliver exactly what they're selling. It's not like they don't oversell a story. <laughs> it's exactly what you want, exactly what you expect. And it's nothing more, nothing less. Like gun shoot it, a shooter above all shooters. Um, story is there, not going to blow you away, but it's it's a placeholder for the game. Like it's very well done, very well done. Yeah, um, you know what really impressed me about this game though is the sound. 
Yes. I don't know if you guys felt the yeah. same way. Same, ex- exact really? same way. I th- well, so let's just let's, maybe I, I hopefully I'm, I'm articulating it the same way as you're thinking, Jacob. But it's the way that when I was consuming it, it was essentially like it, it was exa- same thing with like they're delivering what they're selling. It's like the, the you're expecting to be in like a demon world. The the blasts have all corresponding effects. Anything that sounds like it's going to be a big monstrous like cannon shot sounds like a big monstrous cannon shot. Um, it wasn't. It was very. I don't know. I can't. I can't explain it the way I want to. But it's. It was. It sounded exactly how it looked, and it looked great, and it sounded great the way it was like you're going through the game. Yeah, and, and that's from both like a sound effect perspective, and yeah. also from like a music perspective. Which like I am not uh, like a progressive rock heavy or heavy heavy metal guy at all. But um, one, I, I walked into a used game store in Toronto, and I this story is relevant. So so play with me for a second. Uh, called ANC Games. I walked in. Guy asked me what I was playing. I said Doom 2016, and he says the coolest part about that game is as demons move in and out of the environment. So like let's say they go into another room the music will actually shift and change between different channels to accommodate the fact that monsters aren't in the same room as you oh cool so like they do some really cool stuff with sound and music and like look this is a big dumb video game and it's great um and the the soundtrack like really matches that in like the best way possible and i think you mean that in an endearing way a big hundred percent a hundred percent yeah, I mm-hmm. love this game. This is this is totally like it, but it is what it is. It wears its heart on its sleeve. It is a very simple game to understand, um, but uh, but yeah, the, the music and sound effects kind of are there to match. Uh, graphically, did you guys like it? How did it look on PC, Mo? Um, it looks great. I th- I don't have the most high end specs in terms of a game. I do have like a dedicated gaming graphics card and all of that stuff. Uh, it looked like a standard AAA title with AAA graphics. Um, I wouldn't say it was like PS4 Pro um, Horizon Zero Dawn-esque, but at the same time, it was very arcadey demon shooter game with pleasant graphics that I, I expect from a AAA title of 2016. Yeah, they they made the most of, uh, I think, the art style and the, you know, the graphics that they had. Um, uh, yeah, overall, I thought it was really great. Mm-hmm. I, I also really liked the... That they they broke up a lot of the shooting sections with uh, interesting like jumping puzzles and maneuvering puzzles, um, and I thought those were the areas that the game looked the best. Like when you're when you're trapped in, like I think trying to un- unlock the BFG and you have to jump through like Mission Impossible style lasers and um, stuff like that. I thought that looked really cool, and I, I thought it was a fun way to break up kind of the monotony of just killing wave after wave of demon. And that those jumping puzzles could have been very bad. Yeah, absolutely. But, but, but I think like in, in the same way that like Mo was saying, you can move really fast. I think the controls are really tight, and you feel like you have a good sense of you know how to maneuver your character. Yeah, yeah, and, you're, and, you're in control every time. It's not like a. It's very precise and very fast, but it's not overwhelming where you feel like you're you're losing control. Yeah, but in my memory, this is the fastest my player has moved in a first-person shooter from what I can remember. You know what it is? It's because modern like first-person shooters, especially, they have they make a very like active point of like making the character move as if like a normal human would move with steps. So if you pivot, you're not quickly pivoting right away. It's it's almost like as fast as someone would fast shift their legs. If you ever see those videos when they're previewing like the PS4 generation, like sports video games, like NBA and 2K, they talk about how like the actual character is not rotating on like a circle. They're actually moving their legs or showing that they're moving their legs before they change direction. Whereas this one, it's like you're on one single pivot and you're moving X, Y directions, no matter like where your legs are essentially. Yeah. They, they, it's kind of incredible how they remade the original doom. Like, it, it feels like the original Doom in, like, obviously, it's an old, like, DOS-era game, but, like, they almost use that as the inspiration for how it looks, how it feels, how it plays. There's no reloading, there's no cover, there's no, not really a story that's that important, 
Um, I, I just was really impressed by the game. And Hugo Martin, who's the creative director on the game, like he obviously had a design hand in it. Um, he designed the Jaegers from uh, Pacific Rim and worked at Naughty Dog before. So I can kind of almost in my mind see like some of Pacific Rim's design like permeating this game just in, in yeah. the way that like robot suits surround fleshy demons. It's like they they brought something back from the past that maybe people forgot and actually delivered. It's like essentially what our podcast's mantra is, like no game left behind. They felt so passionately about it that they remade it to ensure that it wasn't left behind and it still exists today. And hopefully we're kind of doing the similar service, bringing it to 2019 and helping people can play it again. Yeah, did did you know the history behind this game? And I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, but this game had a really tumultuous development cycle. Like, Mike, do you, do you remember this one? Uh, you know, I just vaguely. Do you do you want to fill it fill in the story? Yeah, do, do you vaguely remember uh, when they were calling it Call of Doom back in the late two thousands? No, no, I don't. So, uh, if you want to look up more on this, I'll give you the three minute version. But uh, no clip runs a great documentary series on YouTube. It's three parts. You can check all of this out. But essentially, they announced it at QuakeCon t- uh, two thousand seven, and it was supposed to be a heavily scripted military shooter. Um, Uh, And this was via information leaked by Kotaku. Uh, They called it Call of Doom because it was so militaristic. It was supposed to be very scripted. It almost reminded me of the Resistance series when I looked at it really quickly. Um, It, you know, went through a lot of change, didn't like the way it was turning out. Uh, They kind of rebooted it. And at Quake 2014, that's when they showed it as Doom, like as it currently is is and they showed it to a room at QuakeCon, told everyone to put their cameras away and said we are going to show you this game please do not put it on the internet this is a gift to you you are seeing this first nobody leaked it and uh, they showed it to that room and the room just erupted because they were so happy of kind of how the game was uh, had morphed from something that they may not have wanted. It looked a lot like Rage, if you remember Rage on the id Tech engine, um, to something that we have today that is really, really fantastic. Did you guys play the original Rage? I f- can't remember. What, what's the TLDR? Uh, Rage. Uh, mega textures. Mega. <laughs> That's a great way to describe that. It's it's like, have you seen Rage 2, Mo? I feel like I have played Rage or Rage 2, one of them, because they sound super familiar. Rage 2 came out uh, last year, and Rage came out like in 2009, if I had to guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like Desert. It's like the Mad Max video game that just came out last year. Oh, Maybe not then. Mega textures, you vehicles. You sound so disappointed. Yeah, because the guys are so excited about it. Oh, wait, no, I haven't played this because I've seen the pictures of it. I just never actually got around to it. Yeah, it came out in 2010. So so there's there's your quick history lesson. Like I said, uh, you can find that Noclip documentary on YouTube. Uh, it is It is really great, and it goes into the design and the history of this game. Uh, was there anything in this game that you guys didn't like? Because uh, I have one thing that I, I want to share. Yeah, I think the only thing I didn't like was the Nintendo Switch sticker price for this game. Because uh, maybe I'm just being ridiculous, but $69.99, I thought it was pretty insane for a remake, but maybe that's just me. Besides that, I thought it was exactly what we asked for, um, or not asked for, but what we were expecting, like we've articulated so many times in the podcast. I, I can't say one particular thing kind of irked me or like pushed me the wrong way. I think it was a pretty... A solid eight out of ten style game. Hey, hey, Mike. I'm here. H- how were the load times? I don't remember any load times. Oh, actually, yeah, they were really long. Yeah, they were real bad. I was uh, gonna say, like, it was, it was. There, there were really long stretches of like level, but in between levels or when you die, it would just, I don't, it would hang at ninety five or ninety nine percent for a long time. Yeah, and those load times, like when you were loading up fresh, it could take up to forty five seconds. Um, on the console versions uh, and on the PC, I don't know if Mo probably didn't have this problem, but even when you had to reload from dying, like say, so I was bad at jumping puzzles, right? So like sometimes I'd have to re- reload six or seven times. It would take 15 to 20 seconds to reload the game. So like not like that's my only knock on this game is the load times on console are not great. Yeah, so my only complaint, I wish I could have played the Switch version. Like you, Mo, I, gra- I grabbed my Switch and said, cool, I'm going to buy this on Switch. And I would have totally bought it for like 29 or 39 bucks. 100%. But, I wanted to yeah. play this game on Switch for the pod, but I, it just I saw that sticker price and I said, okay, I'll just get it on PC for a third of the price. Yeah. Um, 
Do you guys have any more comments before we take it to some user-submitted questions? No, let's get right to it. Okay. So uh, we got four questions uh, that I want to share with you guys. Um, so we'll start with one from at Martin De La Orden. Uh, he says, did you guys try the multiplayer mode? Is it worth the purchase? That came in via Twitter. That's that's so funny. I remember hovering over that multiplayer mode like, I should probably check this out. But I never actually did. I just mainlined that campaign. Um, and I just I just assumed that no one was playing that multiplayer still. Yeah, we might have done a disservice, but usually with our pods too, whenever there is a multiplayer portion, we should maybe make an active effort to try it. But same thing, Michael. I powered through this in maybe three sit downs. Like it was, it was definitely try to get wow, the game done great. for. Yeah, try to get the game done for the podcast. So I went into the multiplayer and checked it out. Um, it split into two sections: uh, snap maps and regular multiplayer. And they were both like almost separate executables that you had to load in separately. Uh, Snap Maps is like their version of like create your own multiplayer like modded levels, uh, which was cool. Totally not for me. It seemed interesting um, to be able to let you develop new levels. Uh, and then multiplayer on Xbox, no one was playing multiplayer. I tried, nobody was playing it. So I, I can't say for sure, but just know it was developed by separate teams. Um, so the the quality on it may be a little bit different. I want to say certain affinity did the um, did the uh, here we go. Uh, the Switch version was done by Panic Button. And I think the multiplayer was done by uh, co-developed by Certain Affinity and Escalation Studios. So just be wary of that. Uh, next question we have is from uh, Andy Andrew Persibali. Uh, he has been on the pod before. Um, so hello, Andrew. He asked, "What sensitivity y'all use?" I'm maxed out. Uh, sneaky face. Oh, I was on default. I didn't even. I never really usually play around sensitivity. Um, maybe I should have. Yeah, I played on default sensitivity, and I found it was, I think even then, a little too sensitive for me. I was often overcorrecting, but that might just be because, you know, I'm used to the sensitivity in other games that I play quite a bit. Yeah, and I I was also default. I I didn't even play with it, because if it was any faster, I I would not (laughs) be able to easily shoot people. (laughs) Uh, Third question. It It is really sensitive. Yeah, very sensitive. Uh, third question from Twitter uh, is from a uh, friend of the pod again, Travis Colnut. Uh, he asks, Doom Guy for Smash? Question mark That came in via Twitter. Whoa. Oh, that'd be so cool. But then again, isn't that like Samus? No, I guess not. <laughs> I just... Kind of in a way, but like, how do you have anything beat Doom Guy? Right? Like, it just wouldn't be, it wouldn't be right. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like having something beat wait, Goku. No, no, no. I, I think it kind of works, though, because think of it. He's a Doom Slayer. He's not a Mario Slayer. He's not a Pikachu Slayer. <laughs> so he has the super are ability. You, are you telling me? Are you telling me that, like, Mario is more fearsome than all the demons in hell? Well, combined? he is also Dr. Mario, so any injuries, he can heal himself. Bam. Life hack. We win. <laughs> okay. Uh, what right. weapons would he have in Smash? That's what I need to know. Probably super shotgun, rocket launcher, and assault rifle. You uh, know, he would be he would be built exactly the same way I think Snake is. Yeah. Mm. Or like I feel like it's a Samus build, but like with different animation. Like he has the rocket, he has the bomb drop, he can have like a charge up shot. I don't know, but with different guns, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. I just think that, like, the, the snake, um, you know, throwing the grenades, uh, shooting a shoulder-mounted rocket, shooting mm-hmm. a mortar, um, being a, a heavy character as opposed to a lighter one like Samus, I think those all fall a little bit more in line with how I think of Doom Guy, but like a mix I can between also the see two. where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah. mix between the two. I think I, maybe I'm just doing it from a visual perspective. It just seems like an um, like a armored suit kind of thing. But, yeah, I th- yeah, that's a great question. I'm, I, it got us going, though. Uh, one more question. I'm down also, Adam. One, uh, well, one more question. It comes from uh, Discord, and I think it's more of a question than a comment. But but we'll see how how we take this one. Uh, it comes from Thomas uh, from Charge Shot. Uh, he's in the Discord. He says, "Rip or tear?" Question mark. I don't understand. Uh, I think what he may be referring to is the the one of the title tracks of the of the game, which is called "Rip and Tear." Uh, but if he's actually asking, like, do we think that Doom Slayer rips or tears? I think we could probably answer that with he tears, right? Hmm. I'm too old for you, youngins. I don't. <laughs> I don't get it. You're I, younger I, than I, I am, bro. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're you're more in tune with what the kids are talking about these days, 
and I'm uh, I'm just like an old grandpa in the chair here. I say both rip and tear. You know, what dabbing is? You you sounded a thousand there. You said you know what those what those kids <laughs> like. What the kids be up to these days? Oh, gosh. I, I'm I'm yeah I'm pulling a Steve Buscemi hello fellow kids because I'm not I'm not getting it. Okay, Mo same. Rip and tear all day. Uh, final thoughts about this before we close out the episode. Doom 2016, great game for um, quick playthroughs. Like if you have it, like unfortunately in, in, during my playthrough is rushed. Um, I feel like if I did have it on the Switch where I can just pick up, play like a 15, 20 minutes to clear a little area and move on to the next stage, it's a fantastic shooter that if it was a little cheaper on Switch would be great to add on. Um, if you do have it or have it in your library, I think it's worth the playthrough. There's a lot of games that are older that aren't. This one is the one that kind of still shines and is worth every single minute of your time. And it won't kind of bore you if that kind of adds a little bit more incentive. Um, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, if there is a sequel, which I'm assuming there will be, I'm definitely going to pick it up um, and give it a shot as well because it's earned my attention for the foreseeable future. Hey, Mo, I've got some yeah, good news for I, you. There's a hmm? sequel coming in, in March of 2020. There's one in March? March of 2020, Doom Eternal hits the, hits the consoles. Wicked. I'm ready. Mike, sorry, yeah, cut you off uh, there. No, no problem. I would also wholeheartedly recommend this game. I played it about an hour each night for a couple of weeks. Um, and yeah, I thought I thought it was fun. You know, you, it, it's not often you just get to unplug your brain from games these days. They're, they're often demanding your attention one way or another. And this is, you know, you can tune out, kill some kill some demons, not feel too bad about it and and move on. And yeah, just a, a good use of the time. And especially when it's, you know, free on Game Pass, it, it's you know, not a not a lot of reasons to not hop in, other than the incredibly huge download size. But all of that aside, a really great time. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, it is a sixty gig download. Holy it's smokes! It's a big boy. It's a big. There's it's a, a lot big, of demons in that download. Big bloody boy. Uh, I kind of uh, uh, same same sentiment as Mike. Uh, I played it on Game Pass. If you have Game Pass, you have no excuse. Um, it is big, dumb, ridiculous fun, and I can't say that I've I've played a game this year that I had more fun playing. Uh, it may not be the best game, but I had the most wow. fun playing this game. So uh, that is a big recommend from a guy who does not yes. usually play shooters. One hundred percent. Mo, if people want to talk more about uh, Doom 2016, where would a good place to do that be? Um, The great place is our Discord server that we have um, up and running where we have all of our past guests and hosts um, uh, kind of living in there, chatting about new games, the current podcasts we're talking about. Um, And you can find that with a direct link on our current website at leftbehindgame.club. We have a little button that if you click, it'll direct you directly to your Discord server and have you join our club. And we'd love to kind of chat with you. We're on there all the time. So if you want to direct message us, give us a shout or say something, we're there, we're living there, and we're glad to meet you. Yeah, and if you ever want to join the discussion about the supremacy of Luigi over Mario, uh, the, the greater of the two Mario brothers, feel free to join and, and join Team Luigi. I wish I was in the same room as you, Mike, so I could take the microphone away from you at this one moment team mario for life uh and then and then beyond that we just want to say thank you and hello to any new listeners that may be joining uh we were just recently featured on the itunes new and noteworthy section in canada so if you are listening to the show for the first time thank you there's a big catalog for you to listen to uh you may want to join the discord to chat about games um and for those of you who helped us get there thank you mike if people want to find you on the internet where can they do so you can find me at Ruffalo M uh, on most social places online or michaelruffalo.com. And uh, yeah, if you want to chat, I'm always in the Discord. So happy to chat there too. Uh, Mo, where can the people find you at? You can find me at Emirati on almost all social media platforms or emirati.com. And like Michael, I will be in that Discord server chatting with you guys. Jacob, where can the fine folks find you? Find me in the Discord, but also at Jacob McCord on all major social media platforms and at jacobmccord.com. Mike, what do we say to him? And that, my friends, is one less game left behind. Mm-hmm.